This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, welcome into the Stink Truth Podcast. I am Mark Schler, alongside my partner, Mike Evans. And uh, week three, well, it's not quite in the books yet. It'll be in the books after tonight, Monday night. But a uh, lot of stuff going on in week three. This has been one of those weekends where just, it's typical NFL weekend, right? Just when you think you know what's going to happen, um, the the script gets flipped and, and you know, it gets turned on its head. Indianapolis is beating Baltimore with Gardner Minshew in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Houston's slamming Jacksonville in right. Jacksonville. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that every once in a while when you think you know the league is going to Zig, it zags. Yeah, that's, but that's there are for some sure. things. There are some things that are reliable, right? Like just when you think it's safe to trust the Cowboys. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know that's that's one that that's pretty typical. Is like the Cowboys, and I've said this before about the Cowboys. A big hat, no cattle. Like the Cowboys, and I said that about the fans, but it's about their organization in general. Because the Cowboys are one of those teams that I think reads their own press clippings. You know, and they get back and, and they finish. And, uh, you know, there's probably not a lot of papers today, but there's probably like the Fort Worth Star or some <laughs> crap like that, right? And they get up there and they read about, man, how good we are. We could be the best defense in the history and blah, 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 blah. And Michael Parsons this and this guy this and Dak Prescott. And then you go to Arizona <laughs> to play the Cardinals, who, by the way, all you, and you know who you are, all you beat writers and all you reporters and all you national analysts that were saying, oh, there's clear evidence that they're trying to tank. Jonathan Gannon has got them playing their asses off. And yeah, from a talent standpoint, maybe they're not most of the talented team. But the Arizona Cardinals, you should be proud of, uh, of them as a, a team in general, the way they're playing. Because they're they're kicking ass. You did their game week one? Week two. one and so two, week yeah. One, week one. Week one, you came back and you told me, hey, this Arizona team plays hard. Yeah. Yeah, and defensively, now defensively, they're incredibly talented. Even though you don't know the names, they're really, they're really talented. They've got a good rotation up front, a lot of good players up front. Um, Ledbetter is a guy that I was just thoroughly impressed with. Um, um, so they've got a, a couple guys up front. Then Zavin Collins was a middle linebacker. They moved to the edge. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, they, they've got a couple of it. Dennis Gardeck is a really good young player. Um so they they put a lot of guys out there that are good young players, but man they 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 play tied together. They play incredibly hard, and um, 
I tell you what, offensively, uh, James Conner is having a really good season. Like, they've done a lot of really good things. But the bottom line to me is this is a football team that is playing really hard for one another. They know they're limited from a talent standpoint, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They use that as as maybe a rallying cry for their football team. And then you got the Dallas Cowboys that just read their press clippings, get fat and happy with who they are and where they're at, and they just think they can walk in, you know, that they can walk in and put their boots on your coffee table. Like, that, you, you can't do that, especially in this league. And so uh, it's, it's, it's twofold for me. It's one, the Cowboys, you know, being the Cowboys, and two – it's Arizona basically saying up you to up yours to everybody in the National Football League who who sold them down the river. Maybe a silver lining though for the Cowboys is that it happened early enough in the season that that's like the kind of loss you can learn from. Well, yeah, it happened early enough in the season that you can learn from that. Also, it happened early enough in the season so that you can forget about it when it comes playoff time and you can repeat it once again, right? So that's, I mean, You're that's relentless. what, yeah, that's You're what relentless. the Cow. Well, that's what the I Cowboys. Tried, I tried, folks. I tried to say, get him to right. say something nice about the Cowboys. Well, that's, he's relentless, right? That's what the Cowboys do. So they'll say, "Hey, don't forget Arizona, that Arizona game," and then they'll feel good about themselves rolling around playoff time. Like, hey, you know what? What you guys remember what happened in week three? No, have no idea. Let's go forward, like. Let's continue. There are no icebergs in this water. Full steam ahead, you know, and, and then they'll get crushed in the playoffs. <laughs> you are amazing. You are amazing. Speaking of crush, mm. 70 to 20. The Dolphins scored wow. 70 against the Broncos. First time someone's hit 70 since 1966. They're 726 total yards, the most ever. Is this a case yeah. of the Dolphins being a juggernaut or the Broncos completely rolling over? Well, I, I would. I said this last week. Like, um, from a from a the perspective of of the Dolphins, how do you want us to beat you? Because they've got the ability to beat you. And I'm looking for this real quick. This email or this text message. So they've got the ability to beat you. I know what you're looking for. Yeah, you talk. Any, I'll, I'll keep, I've, I'll I found it. I found it. Any way they want to beat you, they can beat you. That like you want us to run it down your throat. You want us to run it to the edges, and and you know you want us to play a physical style of offense, run it down your throat. You want us to outflank you and run it around the edges. Do you want us to throw it over the top of your head or underneath where you can't catch us and we we, we break tackles and run by you? Like every way you want to get beaten, they have the ability to beat you that way, and that's exactly what they did to the Denver Broncos. Now. Oftentimes, when, I, when I'm watching film and I'm preparing for a game, you can tell what a, what a team thinks of you based upon the way they game plan you. And so here's what the, here's what the Miami Dolphins said through, game, through, through what unfolded on the football field about the Denver Broncos. We don't believe that you guys have the talent to threaten us. That's what they said. Because they said, listen, not only are we going to run it down your throat, not only are we going to get it to the edge, but we're going to throw it over the top of your head and we're going to throw it underneath on the sh on all these shallow crosses. Essentially saying, we'll get five guys out in the pattern anytime we want five guys out in the pattern. We're not afraid of any of your pass rushers, and we're not afraid of any of you guys from a, a run defense standpoint. Where there's nowhere we can't run it. Like we we don't have to stay away from a certain side of the football field or a certain area of the football field because we'll run it anywhere on you guys. And it's exactly what they did to the tune of 726 yards of offense, 376 yards passing, 350 
yard, 350 rushing the football, Mike. Let me read these numbers. Dolphins, two plays of 67-plus yards, four plays of 52-plus yards, eight plays of 20-plus yards, Mm -hmm. 11 plays of 19-plus yards. They had 376 yards passing, 350 yards rushing. They had five passing touchdowns. They had five rushing touchdowns. They had 13.4 yards per pass attempt. Mm. Passing and their three running backs combined to average almost nine yards per carry. Mm. Right. So they scored ten touchdowns in a football game. Okay, so two, four, that's six, eight, that is fourteen and eleven explosive plays. So that's twenty-five explosive plays, correct? Did I do that math right? Twenty-five explosive plays, and you can expect to to like most people will tell you, most people in the NFL will tell you analytics wise, each explosive play that you have <clears throat> on the offense, you're going to, you can expect your expected scores about 2.7 to 2.8 points per explosive play. So that's 25 explosives, and let's give them 2.8 points per play. Okay. Oh, excuse me. I did that. 25 explosives times 2.8 per. What does that number come out to? 70. 70 on the <laughs> 70. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. 70 on the nose. Um listen, man, you have that kind of Mark's so happy when he masters math. Oh my gosh. I am so bad at pretty much everything. <laughs> English, math, anything, anything from a learning standpoint. I'm not real I'm not real learned. Uh, I didn't I didn't do real well in the schooling. So um but my gosh, that is just, I mean, that is, that's a Shawshank, Andy Dufresne meet the sisters in the, uh, in the laundry room. Like that's, that's the kind of beat down that was. So impressive stuff offensively. By, by the, the way, can, can I just say one thing again, as a, as a Bronco. Well, let, let's get to the elephant in the room. As a Bronco, well, there's a couple elephants in the room, but as a Bronco, that. There hasn't been anybody score 70 points since 1966. This is almost six decades since somebody hung 70 on someone. Like, it is, this is thoroughly the most embarrassing loss that I have witnessed in my time here in Denver and that I have witnessed in the NFL. And then, not once but twice, I watched the Broncos DBs when they're absolutely getting thunderstruck. I mean, the first incompletion of the game for Tua, and you're already up, I think, 35 to 10 or something. He started 16 for 16. Yeah, the first incompletion, it, and, and the receiver wasn't covered. Don't, like, it was, let, let's not get it twisted. He wasn't covered. It was the first errant throw of the game, and it fell incomplete. And a Denver DB went like this. Like, not in my house. Dude, you don't live in your house. You live in a tent down by the river. You don't live in your house. Like, you're not even in your driveway. Not in my house. I mean, I I've, I just about flipped a lid. As a matter of fact, tell the story. Okay. Yeah. So story I do. Story time was thinking, yes, everybody. I do. Gather around. So I do. The, I do the uh, Atlanta at Detroit game. And so I get on my flight in Detroit, and I'm flying Detroit to Chicago, Chicago back to Denver. 
So we get on the in the flight, and and they shut the doors and everything, and then we proceed to sit there, you know, and we sit there, and we sit there, and ultimately, um, ultimately, you know, the captain gets on several different times and tells, oh, we got a mechanical, and oh, the net downstairs, and the you know the baggage, we got to replace the net, it's ripped, and that and this that, oh, it's a hydraulic issue, and they're essentially holding us hostage on this plane, right? Now, that's that's what they're doing. Now, I don't complain a lot. Like I'm not one of those guys that says this airline and like if I take off and land without a crash, it's been a successful trip, right? So if I get <laughs> delayed for a couple hours, I've got stuff I can do, right? So. I decide I'm going to get out my iPad. I get my iPad out, and I put up the game. And so I got my headphones in, and I'm watching the game, and I'm right there, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting because Fox, you know, God bless them, they, they fly me first class. And so I'm sitting there in first class and got a vodka soda, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm, and you know, I'm doing, I'm watching this. And I get, I get to, like, that point in the game, and I'm like, I'm sitting here, and I got the headphones on, so I hear the whole game going on. And um, and everybody's sitting there, and everybody's irritated, da-da-da. And I watch this play, and I watch this guy wag his finger, and I go, you got to be fucking shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Man, everybody thought I was complaining about the flight. I was, no. I was like, no, 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 I'm not complaining about the flight. I go, it's the Broncos. So like, yeah, they're like, oh, we understand. We understand. Like, we perfectly understand. I mean, it, it was the damnedest thing. And that didn't happen once. It happened twice. So my, my the reason I even bring it up, Mike, is because how unaware. Read the freaking room. You're down by 30. Like, you're getting your ass kicked. You know, you don't catch. Like, Cortland Sutton did it, too. He caught a ball on a first down. They're down by 20. First down. I mean, I, I want to fire every. I want to cut everybody. And the fact, like, right now, we sit here Monday, and nobody's been fired yet. Like, there has been no consequence to, to what's gone on here. Sean Payton already pretty much put the kibosh on any of that happening. What about Payton? What about Sean Payton? Here was a guy you really loved the hiring because you felt, hey, yeah. this is somebody who's going to be the adult in the room. He's going to come right. and he's going to bring some fear into that building that they desperately need. Change the culture. But uh, he, he does the interview with USA Today in which he calls out Nathaniel Hackett, who was yeah. a coach last year, says it was the worst, maybe the worst coaching job in NFL history. And now he just had a team that got beat 70 to 20. Where, where's... Yeah. How where's, about how where's, about where's Peyton in all this and and what does he what does he do with all this? How about that for football karma? Right, saying it's the worst coaching job ever, and you just got you got it shoved up your ass for seventy points. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 70 points, seven with a zero right after it, mm -hmm. points. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was it was pathetic. And, and listen, man, like anybody who's ever played this game has had their ass kicked. You know, physically, you've been whooped. 
but to give up 70 and for your team to roll over. I mean, they quit. It was hot. It was hot. It Sticky. was comfortable. Bat wing game. I had bat wings. My nuts stuck to my thighs on the sideline. It was uncomfortable. I had no gold bond powder to make sure there was a... Like it slid. I didn't like it. I want to go home. <laughs> like if they had ruby slippers, there would have been 14 guys on the yeah. team who said, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no... And they would have just vanished, disappeared. I just I think back to my day the the way we used to punish we used to get punished for losing like literally punished I kid you not I believe this to be true and I I'm I'm not kidding you if when I played under Mike Shanahan and we got beat 70 to nothing 70 to 20 well 50 points whatever I don't give a shit if we got beat 70 to 20, I, I, I'm almost 100% positive Mike Shanahan would have canceled the flight and made us bus home. Like, we'd be sitting here Monday morning right now going, going up a hill through Missouri. Yeah, I mean, it would have just been, and they'd have just had the game on a loop. Yeah, and he, you know, Mike, who's like Fire Marshal Bill yeah. back in the yeah. day, right? Yeah. Always yeah. laying in the yeah. tanning bed, yeah. and he'd have just been, he'd have just been standing there, red face, like just the whole time looking at us. <laughs> We'd have been like, it'd have been like in grade school. We wouldn't even had greyhounds. We'd have had school buses, yeah. right? That's right. And it would have been three guys to every school. Like, we're all sitting in there. Like, it would have just been absolute punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll we'll see what happens if anything happens there. Um, the Jets and the Patriots. Another Patriot victory over the Jets. That's 15 straight now. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's your message to Jet fan, to Patriot fan? It just feels like they're they're just two teams that are kind of caught in the AFC middle. Well, I mean, middle, 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 bottom. Yeah, bottom third. I mean, it, listen. I, I'm glad that the Patriots have won 15 in a row over the Jets, you know? That's like being the smartest kid in the dumb kid class. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like I'm in the dumb cow class, but I'm the smartest one of these dumbasses. Like, and it's my own, it's my own educational yeah. experience, by the way. I was one of the smart dumb kids. I just want you guys to know that. Um, but seriously, like, like – what does that mean? Here's my takeaway from watching that game is Zach Wilson can't play. Now, he'll put some plays together because he's that talented. But, I mean, how many times, how many games do you have to give him to realize that he's not the answer? And how many Great defensive performances do you have to waste before you make a move? I get that you have a desire. I get that you want them to be good. But some guys, this game is overwhelming to them. And listen, I mean, I'm not saying that he had, did, He put a good touchdown drive together where it was really good. Um, 
you know, he made some throws that were great. It's everything else. It's the it's the inconsistency. It's the bad plays just overwhelm the good plays. And then the other thing about Zach Wilson for me is how many times do I see him try to escape out of the back of the pocket and turn what would be a two-yard sack into a 12-yard sack? And the next thing you know, you got to punt again and put it all on your defense. Like it's just time and time and time again where you don't have a timing or a rhythm in your head. You don't understand when the play has to, like when you're responsible to get rid of the football, when you got to bail your team out of a potentially bad play, when you've got to just throw one away and live to fight another day. But no, you take a sack, you get 12 yard loss, bam, you take a sack in the end zone. You know, it's just time and time and time again. And the one or two good throws or the one or two good drives don't like it they don't they don't make up for all the crap that we see on a week to week like I, I don't know what the jets do you know i don't i don't know who you turn to i don't i don't know if there's somebody out there that you could trade for i i don't know but just hope for a speedy recovery for aaron rodgers yeah but you i mean even if he has if he has the speediest recovery in the world you're going to be out of the playoffs. Oh, no, you're already thinking about next year. Okay. okay. Well, that, that, like Aaron said, Aaron was like, he thought he could maybe come no. back with it. But there's no, no. yeah, you got it. Well, you got to make a, you got to make a move. What about Mac Jones? Three games into Mac and Bill O'Brien? Um, Listen, they played, hey, they played Miami tough. Yeah. They played Miami tough. And, and, you know, and we saw what Miami just dismantled. The Denver Broncos, by the way, is, I mean, after that performance, Tua, he's got to be your MVP right front now, runner right, right now, right? Doesn't he have to be? He has to be because they only give it to quarterbacks. Well, yeah. They don't give it to, like, it's a non-football player. The MVP of the league is for non-football oh, players. It's a, non-football, it's a non-football player award. So you're trying to tell me that the quarterback isn't the most valuable player in football? No, he's the, he's a quarterback. Player, most valuable player. He's still a player. He, he, yeah, but he doesn't play football. He, he plays quarterback. Oh, jeez. I think it should be. I think. It, I think the the MVP should only go to quarterbacks or punters. <clears throat> the two guys that don't actually and kickers. Kickers can be MVPs too, because they they don't actually they they kick they punt and they play quarterback. Moving along yeah, please here, do. folks, uh, life continues to just get better and better for the Chiefs. Not only are they just rolling up victories, mm-hmm. but now they're the home of uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> they are the favorite team of Taylor Swift, which right. I'm sure maybe there's some Eagle fans out there wondering, hey, wait a minute, I thought we were your favorite team. Right. But now it's the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. She's a flipper. She's a flip-flopper. She is a fl- I think she's – I personally, I literally think she's just – doing this so that she can break up and write an album and i told you you know my my theory on the album this is a was, good theory. was they're gonna break up but i i started to think it was just because travis was gonna do something stupid uh-huh but i'm starting to think that this is her motive this is why she gets into relationships she has no intention of actually pursuing the relationship for long term it's just about material dude you better be careful here I mean, I know you have had some celebrated Twitter battles with fan bases. Do you really want to go toe-to-toe with the Swifties? 
No, 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 no. You will lose. You will lose. I understand. I understand that. I understand that. But come on, Swifties. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, come on, Swifties. Like, you don't really want her to find love. You want her to find heartbreak so that she can write another great album. So that you guys can celebrate another great, isn't that? Isn't that? So that's like I said. The thought, my thought process on the album would be tight ends, loose morals. You know, it's a it's a breakup story, and I maybe try to, I try to warn you. I'm not. That's I not. I try to warn you. I don't think she wants a long term relationship because it'll ruin. It'll ruin her writing skills. <laughs> I just, I'm, so I'm you just. You don't want her to be happy. No, I think she's very happy writing about breakups. Yeah, okay. I think that's her. I think that's her motif. Okay. By the way, do you see that? Uh, not only was she just, I mean, well represented during the Kansas City game. I was, again, I was in an airport somewhere watching. Um, um, but, but, um, you know, not only like. This kept going to her and in the excitement, but then I heard that Travis Kelsey rented a like a restaurant so that he and the Chiefs could go celebrate and she could come with him. So she's not because she's that famous. Is she the most famous person in the world right now? Right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the biggest entertainer in the world. Although Usher is going to be competing, uh, going to be performing at halftime. Yeah, whoop de do. Whoop de do. The. Uh, the, I mean, the, Usher's a nice guy. Don't the Bears me. were on the receiving oh. end of uh, the Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey show at uh, at Arrowhead. Another terrible performance by Justin Fields and and the Bears. Where 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 are they going with this? It, this this isn't going to work, right? That's got to you. You know, you always kind of start thinking about hot seats. That's got to be that's got to be the hot seat number one, right? And, and what did I tell you? Like coaches always want to take these quarterbacks who are athletes, and they want to morph them into more drop back and say, "Hey, this is what we're going to do." And then, and then, you know, I mean, Justin Fields comes out last week, and they ask him a question, a pointed question about, you know, why he's not playing well, and you know, and he had mentioned that, uh, you know, that he was just like not. I, I I'm paraphrasing, but basically saying too robotic, man, too robotic, and yeah. everything else. And then they asked him, and he said, "Well, coaching, like the coaching." And then he, you know, tried to backtrack it. And, but, I mean, he, he claimed that, you know, it gets your job to take it out of context. There was nothing out of context. You said one of my big problems and why I'm playing so robotic is the coaching. Like, there was no qualifiers no. in there that were left out. It's exactly what you said. But here's the point. The point is you understand as a coach and as a coaching staff that the – the viability, the long-term viability of playing that style of football is probably, it's probably not, it just isn't going to be viable long-term. It's just not going to be sustainable long-term. And and so you're trying to get the protection of the pocket. You're trying to make guys more, you know, have a better pocket presence. And, and I, that's a process. It takes a long time to get that, especially when, you know, your default mechanism throughout your whole life, not just like, not just, but from the time you were a little kid is I'm a better athlete than everybody else. So I can outrun them. I can juke them. I can do whatever. Like when that becomes part of your DNA, part of your imprint, it's hard to all of a sudden go, okay, I'm going to ignore what my DNA and my instinct says, and I'm going to be a pocket guy. I, I, 
I don't think you can do but does, that. Does Fields understand that this is for his own benefit? That this is, hey, look, we'd like you to be able to play quarterback for us for 10, 15 years. The only way you can do that is if you become right. a pocket quarterback. And you may not right. like it. You may chafe at it right now. But this is for your own good long term. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that he does. But at the same time, you can't say, okay, hey, listen, we're going to transition from the yellow pad to this pad. Go. You know, and you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, I like the yellow. You know, it mm-hmm. takes it takes some getting used to, and that's probably a really bad example, but it takes getting used to. And ultimately, I don't think you can throw the whole thing on them. I think it has to be piecemealed little by little by little, like building blocks. And at this point, it would ass- I would assume or it would appear that they put too much on him too early. And, again, I understand. This is year three. Well, I, I get that, but you're talking about you're talking about this is how I've done things my entire life, and I've had this. I mean, I've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with Michael Vick, and you know, when you've always been the best athlete mm-hmm. on the planet, and you've always been able to make everybody miss, it's hard. You know, it's hard to say, okay, let me ignore that. Let me ignore what I've always done, and so I think that's something that is, um, you know, is is totally legitimate. Couple of quick uh, lightning round yeah, topics. Yeah, sure. Here you go. The game you did yesterday, Detroit and Atlanta. Biggest takeaway from the game you did? Um, that the Atlanta Falcons are a really good football team that really struggle in the passing game, and Detroit knew that. The other thing is the toughness of Detroit. Uh, like, I'll tell you something right now, and I think as a national analyst and just as people in general, we don't really look at this. And um, I asked Jared Goff. Hey, do you get pissed that you're constantly overlooked? And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I go, so you're lying to me. You do get pissed, right? And he's like, well, maybe a little bit I get pissed. You look at Jared Goff's number since he's been to Detroit. He is a, like, he's top 10, top Mm 5 in pretty much every category. Mm -hmm. The guy is a phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback. And now get this. They have had, they've had like, they lost both their starting safeties. They've lost uh, two, three starting offensive linemen. They, I think they came into that game with about six legit injuries. And they put it on Atlanta. Um, no excuses, Dan Campbell. Hey, man, the train keeps on rolling. No excuses. We're going to go. They are a tough, hard-nosed, gritty football team. They take on the persona of their coach, that's a good – the Detroit Lions are legit. Jordan Love gained a lot of traction with Packer fans with that fourth-quarter comeback? No question. And, you know, that was a game where they were down 17 nothing. Uh, Carr goes out with uh, – I think shoulder. it was a shoulder. Yeah, goes out injured. And um, and you got to give – you know, you got to give Jordan Love a lot of credit for staying in there. And he really was, you know, struggling up at that point. But he started putting together a little bit, and the Packers come back and win that game 18-17 uh, and cost me in that. They cost me. Yep, yep. First loss for you. In the moneymaker picks. I know. Yeah. First loss. First loss. First loss. Steelers trying to get back to their identity. They played a little black and blue football last night against the yeah. Raiders. Yeah, and I think it you is know, the Raiders. It but. is the it is the Raiders and and you know, that's what you do with the Raiders. The other thing, you you play that way because you respect Max Crosby so much and he can wreck your game. So one of the things you go in saying, Hey man, we can't let that guy wreck our game. So mm-hmm. we gotta be able to slow him down. We've got to be able to rush the ball. We gotta be able to kinda kinda take him out because he plays with that kind of effort and that kind of 
you know, tenacity. So that's that that that's smart coaching by the Steelers. Finally, the Chargers survived the battle of 0-2 teams barely. Brandon Staley with another one of those head scratching fourth down go forts that from the twenty, I think his own twenty four yard line that nearly blew up in his face. Right. Should have blown up in his face. Yeah, and until you know you tip ball, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess you're you're weighing like the analytics say. Okay, okay. <laughs> I know where you're fourth going. Fourth and this. one, fourth and one, we've got a 67% chance to mm-hmm. convert, right? And if we do, then they'll be out of timeouts and out, and we just kill the clock, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're going on the 67% chance. Right. So you don't, you don't, but then you're like, okay, but there's a second analytics. <laughs> the second right. analytics, so yeah, the second analytics <laughs> is there is a 78% chance that Kirk is going to fuck this up, right? That's not the. That's the. So they're like, even if we don't convert, it's science. It's science. <laughs> so if you add the two, sixty-seven and seventy-eight or seven, whatever I yeah. said, it's like a ninety-seven percent probability we're gonna win this game. <laughs> One way or the other. One way or the other. Yeah, it's it gonna. It's gonna happen. Yeah, genius. It's gonna happen. Genius. Uh, pardon my French. If my yeah. dad's listening, Dad, I'm sorry. I apologize. Kirk Cousins fans, uh, we apologize. No, no, I don't. I think no. Kirk Cousins fans feel the same way. Yeah. You know what? I love Kirk Cousins. He's yeah. a great guy. Uh, I think that was a tip ball for the pick, right in the end zone. It just seems to. It just it, seems it, to follow, follow some guy like this. Yeah. like the. He is like the Cowboys of Minnesota. <laughs> there you go. He's just we, gonna we find a way. Full yeah, come full circle. <laughs> for everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast, I am Mark. We appreciate you, Mike. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you here uh, in the next couple of days.